Hello and welcome to my VA Dayton podcast coming to you from Dayton, Ohio. This is the show where we talk to veterans in the Central Ohio region to share their stories and share what's happening at the Dayton VA Medical Center. I'm Scott Leash, your host with Greg Tucker. And we have with us today, Jerry Farrell, a dedicated veteran who's responsible for ensuring Purple Heart veterans around the area have a convenient place to park. Welcome, Jerry. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you here. Uh, you know, you have a, a great uh, job. You have a great not-for-profit that we're going to be talking about uh, here in a little bit in the future. But first, we're going to put you to the test. Hmm. So what, this is what we do with all our guests. We give them a little trivia segment here. So we're going to go ahead and put you to the test. Are you ready, Jerry? Hopefully I am. Okay, here's your first question. After the Revolutionary War, the Congress of the Confederate created the United States Army on 3 June 1784. Uh, does that sound familiar? Is no. the birthday of the Army? Oh, well, now it sounds real familiar. Okay, so I've given you a clue here. So what did it replace? The U.S. Marine Corps, the Disabled Continental Army, or the Salvation Army? The second one. The second one. Would that be the Disabled Continental Army? Yes. All right. Correct answer. Excellent. Are we done now? <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Our next question. We only got a couple more to go. All right. What was the costliest war for the U.S. in terms of casualties? Would it have been the Korean War, World War II, the American Civil War, or the Star Wars? The Civil War. That's correct. Yeah. He knows his yeah. trivia. Excellent. All right. So we're going to have one more question for you. When did the Army lose the Air Force? Would it have been in the year 1947, 1967, 1900, or 1990? 1947. 1947, correct. That's good yeah. for me because I'm an Air Force veteran. <laughs> That that was an easy one for me. Well, it was good for me, too. Uh, I'm the Army guy. We lost you. That's right. That's right. Well, moved on, and now we're on to better things for everybody. Fantastic for you. And tell us, Greg, what did he win? You won a three-chip clips plus a reader tip in order for you to read that fine print. Oh, well, I thought I was getting that new challenger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about what you do uh, for veterans who um, have received the Purple Heart. Well, I created a project along with a lot of people helping me because one person I found out cannot accomplish the entire mission themselves. So I created um, a parking sign. It's a 18 by 24 inch sign uh, that's made right here in Beaver Creek Company Signs Now that really helps me along with that. But I buy each sign and I'll find a relevant location and then I'll have it put up if they're willing. And most people are very willing. I've gone around to uh, like uh, five different city councils, spoke to them and they was with open arms. And it's not because of my speaking ability. I've learned because it's the message we have. People in this area are the most patriotic people I've been around in my life. So uh, I also spoke at the uh, Green County uh, Board of Trustees and uh, those people as well. I mean, it's open arms and I can, I appreciate it. And I think the community appreciates it because they're 
telling me yes before I ever get it out of my mouth. They know the message. So are there a lot of people that come to you saying, hey, I know the perfect place for a sign? That, it was slow to start, but after I got started and uh, the Dayton Daily News did an article on me, then the Columbus newspapers did an article on me, and now I find people reaching out to me. Um, I, I jumped up overnight, now I'll be giving away my 80th sign. 80 signs. Yes. Uh, and where? what kind of area does that encompass? Is that just strictly in Dayton? Well, I had a, uh, uh, a sign itself of the state of Ohio. My goal is, and still is, to see that each county in the state does have a Purple Heart sign, at least one. And uh, so far, I've got about 11 counties, I believe it is, and uh, with good possibility around the Columbus area, there's gonna be opened up as well. And I found that uh, it has spread into also not only Ohio, but in Indiana and Kentucky as well. So Jerry, if we could just kind of step a little bit backwards, Mm -hmm. how did you get started with this? What was your inspiration or motivation? Well, that I appreciate most of all, because when I was a little boy, I seen a man at a family reunion walk around and had a huge scar on his arm. And I was about three years old, still holding my mom's hand. And I blurted out, Mommy, what happened to that man's arm? Well, come to find out in later years, that was my uncle. And he was wounded in action in World War II. And he was a Purple Heart recipient. And then as I got more affiliated with the veterans and the VA that uh, I have run into more and more uh, Purple Heart, it's unbelievable that there's so many out there. In fact, in the nation, I think there's it's nearing two million uh, Purple Hearts that has been given out. So that was an incentive to start with my uncle. And every time I get a sign out, I think of my uncle, Uncle Ernest. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a pilot program or is this modeled off a, another program that you had saw? Uh, not particularly. I uh, d- did some research on the Internet for signs, the type of signs that I would want. I originally started out with the Purple Heart solely and it went well. But then on I believe it was August 26th when the 13 soldiers in Afghanistan got killed. I was walking through the neighborhood and it struck me pretty. That was a. Um, a very sorrowful day for anybody, not just a veteran, but for Americans in general. And uh, the idea struck me, you know, those purple, those people will not live to see their Purple Heart, but their families will be referred to as Gold Star Family. And that's why I recreated, redesigned the uh, Purple Heart sign into Purple Heart and Gold Star Families. So tell me, Jerry, where do you normally find these kinds of signs? Uh, do you find them in county buildings or VA buildings? Uh, what, where, where, would, uh, where would you normally uh, have a sign posted? Well, the, uh, the best that I could come up with was uh, the government buildings. And, but the very first sign that I encouraged to get put up was at the Dayton VA. And uh, I sat on a committee there at the Dayton VA, and obviously it was a good idea. Where else would a Purple Heart sign be more relevant at a, a medical facility at the uh, at the Veterans Administration? And then we built a new facility in Springfield, Ohio, CBOC. It's a community-based outpatient clinic. Right. And as that building was being constructed, I said, to set that one aside, I want that to the new building. And so it was. And from that point on, I kept thinking, well, this is a pretty good idea. So uh, I reached out to the Fairborn uh, City Council and overwhelmingly they put up two 
And then I just kept going to another city council. And I've never been turned down at a city council. Right. Like you said, you've got them in county buildings. You've got them probably at local um, veteran services offices and so forth. Right. And if there was somebody who wanted to contact you to have a sign, tell us how how they can get a hold of you. Well, you can uh, search it on the Internet. And believe it or not, my face will come up on that Internet. Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it would be a picture of me. Uh, alongside the uh, mayor of uh, London in Madison County, where I donated uh, Purple Heart signs up there. And um, so I know recently Wright State University reached out to me, and uh, they're very interested. They have an ROTC program up there, and uh, uh, Dr. Gordon, who's in charge of that, uh, it was a pleasure to me for them to reach out to me who has a high school education, a college reached out to me. Right. And uh, so I took that very proudful. And so um, you were talking about your uncle. Yes. Who was a disabled vet. You also have a, a long history of family in the military and their service. Your your father was also in the military? Yes, my, uh, my father was in during World War II, in the early days of World War II. I think he did do some time in the Philippines. However, that generation of people never discussed a whole lot. But what I always heard so much about where he was uh, had such a a very high fever that he got an infection and then that's where he was actually doctored and given up for and was he was a private but they put him in an officer's room private room and offered to bring one family member to see him before he would demise and fact that's when penicillin was being experimented with with the uh, military during those early days of world war ii and that's what brought him around that's what brought me and <laughs> i wouldn't be here today if he hadn't been here absolutely so. that's great so tell us a little bit about what brought you to the military specifically the army well if something i wanted to do earlier on in my life but my father like i say a world war ii veteran did not encourage it Although I will remember him saying later on, we grew up on a farm over in Kentucky, but uh, he said after it was all said and done, it was something that he was proud that he did. Probably the most proudest thing he ever did in his life. And he never regretted ever going, leaving the, the hollows of Kentucky on that foggy, cold morning and knowing, not knowing what his fate was ever going to be if he'd ever see home again. But uh, he, he mentioned that and uh, on a couple occasions. And uh, he passed away when I was fairly young, but I remember certain stories that he told. All right. Well, we're going to hear about some of those stories when we come back after this break. Tonight, nearly 40,000 veterans across the country are homeless. These men and women have pledged to serve our nation, and now we must serve them. Landlords across the country have helped make significant progress in reducing veteran homelessness by making housing available, but there is more that we can do to bring our veterans home. Visit www.va.gov homeless to see how you can get involved. And if you are a veteran and you are experiencing homelessness, please call 877-4-AID-VET. Thank you. Hi, I'm Gary Sinise. Our veterans put, we may never be able to repay them for their sacrifice, but we can show them just how much we appreciate all they've done. Please visit www.volunteer.va.gov. And we're back with Jerry Farrell, a very dedicated veteran who is uh, dedicated to finding parking spots for veterans who are Purple Heart recipients and making sure that they have a convenient place uh, to park in in the area around Dayton. Uh, Jerry, tell us a little bit about your experience finding your way into the Army. Yes, it was after my father 
was killed in an accident on the farm as a young man. Not sure about what I really wanted to do, but I knew there was one thing that I always thought that I wanted to do. And that's when I uh, walked into a recruiting station. And uh, in fact, the red carpet was rolled out to me. And uh, before you <laughs> knew it, there was a bonus involved and I was, you know, off I went. So that was the beginning of it. And uh, I have a very bad recall of names, but I'll never forget my recruiter's name, a Sergeant Barkley. So uh, <laughs> it's something about those recruiters. They, they always stick with yeah, you. Absolutely. Right, right. Your first kiss and your recruiter, you yeah. never forget either one. Yeah. And one of the first things that I remember when I was off, you know, in my introduction to the military, how harsh individuals can be, you know, and uh, I did not know what my social security number was, but I found that out from the guy that went before me and he really got ridiculed about it. So in about two minutes time, I, when I got up there in front of that man, I, uh, I knew what my social security number was. And from that time on, mm-hmm. as soon as my son had a social security number, when he was born, he knew what his social security number was. And so tell us a little bit about your experience in the army. I understand you were in the infantry, right? Well, artillery. Artillery. Was, okay. Yes. Yes. And that's why I'm hard hearing. But the fact of the matter is it was as in the military, I went through boot camp in uh, Fort Seal, Oklahoma, and uh, it was a very pleasant experience in August. You know, doing push-ups out there, and uh, and but uh, it, it was a not a bad experience, but it was a harsh experience, and I uh, and actually I look back on it as a very pleasant experience today after long after it's over with, but the fact that I uh, became a, an honor graduate as I graduated, and that was probably the most proudest moment I ever had in my life. And uh, when I was able to march up on stage, be introduced and uh, as an honor graduate. And so not all of our listeners would understand what an honor graduate is. Tell us what you have to do to be the honor graduate. Well, I was one of the platoon guides uh, leaders and uh, squad leaders. But uh, you have to master in certain requirements. I had I max, uh, was able to uh, max out my uh, PT, my physical training, along with I was you know, pretty good well with the uh, firearm, which I grew up in Kentucky as a, as a marksman. You know, at the time you're about seven years old with a 22. But uh, I uh, was able to uh, accomplish certain feats and uh, out of 200 people, roughly, I think it is, that starts out. And there, there's about, I think there was about 25 people or so that did not graduate. I think a little bit more than that. But uh, I ended up, I was in about the top three or four. Fantastic story. Now, Kentucky, that's where Sergeant York is from. Right? No, he was in Tennessee, I believe. Oh, Tennessee? Tennessee is close. Okay. <laughs> they ran him out of Kentucky, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. And so you were in the artillery. Yes. Uh, tell us how you ended up in the artillery. They gave an $8,000 bonus. That's all it took, huh? That's all it took. And where did they send you from there? Well, I went to Fort Seal, took basic training along with AIT, and then uh, I was stationed in uh, Fort Carson, Colorado. And so. and Colorado, you got some uh, connection there with Colorado. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the story about your, your son there in Colorado. Well, I uh, there's also Peterson Air Force Base out there. There's the uh, uh, Military Academy and uh in the northern part of Colorado Springs. And uh, he's a pretty accomplished athlete. He's a gymnast. He's won the state of Ohio four times and uh, done well in national competitions. Here about two or three years ago, 
took, I just loaded him up in the car. I said, we have some place to go. And they was having a week-long competitions out in uh, at the Air Force Academy. And I took him out there. And, uh, man, it, it was beautiful in the foothills of the mountains it of Colorado. There. And it was a beautiful day. And, uh, and he said, Dad, why am we here? And I said, well, you're going to compete. And uh, and he loved it. And I said, see, you're going to stay north in Colorado to the Air Force Base. That's uh, right. You're not going to go down to Fort Carson. You no, stay. you're not going to eat. <laughs> you're not going to you're not, not be fighting mosquitoes of a night and uh, and living in the cold. Whatever. Right. Right. But while you were in the military, you suffered an injury, correct? Correct. Yes. And and what was that injury? Well, it was a training exercise late at night. And uh Anyway, uh, we was walking away, the, the uh, howitzer, the 109 howitzer that we were stationed on. Anyway, uh, we was walking away, and then there was a, uh, a hatch open, and uh, there's somebody, you know, about six of us standing around. Sergeant said, hey, we got to get that done. And uh, I said, shoot, I had a pretty young wife at the house. I wanted to get on home. So uh, I volunteered to jump up on that howitzer, and the, it was late of the night in the mountains. The metal was damp. And both my feet went out from under me, and I free fell, grabbing for everything, and all there was was air. And I landed on my back, on my hip, and busted me up pretty well. But I was able to come on back home after my tour and uh, picked up where I had left off and worked and for a period of time. And consequently, uh, that afforded you benefits to the VA, correct? Well, after several years where I could no longer function on the job that I had, and uh, that was— I reached out at that time, and uh, every every uh, every all the incidents, all the doctors I went to in the military, it was documented, and that's what saved me documentation, and uh, that's why I was able to the VA welcomed me in, and uh, and so I went there, and uh, over a period of time. Uh, I required surgery, a five and a half hour surgery. And I always say I came home with medals, but uh, the medal was always stuck in my back. I have, <laughs> I have a plate, a couple of rods and some screws in my back. So tell us, um, you left the military, but you didn't come right to the VA. Tell us why you did go to the VA. What, what, what brought you to the VA for care? Well, that's kind of a sad story, to tell you the truth, because I found myself 50 years old and with a bad back and lost my job. And... Um, no health insurance, what have you. And uh, so that's why I reached out to the VA and they took some documentations and eligibility. That's again, you have to have the eligibility. And that's when it all came together. And a couple of years later, after I had my back surgery, what? the compensations uh, started coming in. And uh, that's when my life was changed back for the better again. Right. Well, we actually hear that story uh, frequently that there are veterans who leave the military. They either retire or they separate before retirement and they're eligible, but they don't even know they're eligible. But uh, that's one of the reasons we're here right now, actually, is to help people, uh, encourage people to realize that those opportunities are there. Uh, they need to at least check to see if that there if there's some uh, opportunity for eligibility for them. Well, that's uh, and I take it personal and I have helped several veterans uh get their compensation and that like i say i take it personal and and if i can ever have a bad day somebody give me a call and say hey thank you uh i just got my uh, rating either i got it increased or got it started and i said that makes a good day for me because i know how important it is as much as i hate to say it you have to have money in this world to survive and have any quality of life and uh, that I'm forever grateful for the military for that as well. Yes, I was injured in the military, but you can be injured on a lot of jobs and good luck to you. But the military doesn't let you go. I mean, they will 
they will reach out to you if they can. Well, and along with the uh, the great service you provide with the uh, Purple Heart signs, you actually provide a service to the Dayton VA. You're actually a uh, a good source of information through uh, through a couple of different organizations. Tell us what your roles are in helping to counsel the VA. Well, I'm a stakeholder for the uh, Springfield CBOC, and uh, that's was my first position with the uh, VA, and that is probably what I take the most proudest in because that was my first, and that's when I was first able to know how how much, how good it makes your person feel to be able to help someone else. And uh, I was put on the advisory council down at the Dayton VA, and just not too long back recently, I was the veteran representative for the Vision 10, which covers Ohio, Indiana, southern part of Michigan, and northern Kentucky. And uh, a big part of that role is actually being an advocate and going out and telling folks about uh, the VA and the opportunities they have. Uh, have you had any unique experiences talking to veterans and, and uh, you know, rewarding experiences saying, wow, I didn't know, you know, someone coming to you and saying, I didn't know I had that opportunity? Well, there was one incident. Uh, in fact, uh, I was at an event over in Springfield and here just this past fall and a gentleman he uh, definitely had issues, but his wife, that's what I've always said, what is the most important thing a man can have, and that is his spouse, because the woman is the one that seems like she's always willing to see something through. And I mean, they stick to it, and uh, they'll lead their husband into this, where you can actually see it through. A man has a tendency, like myself, to get, kind of get a little turned off sometimes if things don't happen as fast as easily as what you would hope and you think you're entitled to. But a woman will stick with it and that she will help her man. And I mean, it benefits them as well because the uh, soldier and the army, we was taught never leave a soldier behind, but now you don't leave a veteran behind. And afterwards, you owe that spouse everything because you don't leave your spouse behind either. You're yes. helping her when you help yourself. And uh, something that a lot of people don't realize is that sometimes the spouse that's eligible for the health care is actually a woman herself. Uh, and that number is actually increasing more and more. I think, exactly. Because uh, 30% of uh, the active duty force is actually female. And uh, we see those numbers grow. Uh, but also there's a lot of um, military spouses who may be eligible for health care, too, depending on the eligibility of, of the veteran themselves. So uh, those are... Those are things that we encourage everybody to look into. Uh, eligibility is uh, not always uh, clear cut, but we have some folks at the Dayton VA in our eligibility enrollment office who are willing and able to help anyone who has any questions about that health care. And so we're going to take a quick break here again before we come back to Jerry and talk a little bit more. If you are a veteran who is homeless or at risk of becoming homeless due to financial hardship, unemployment, addiction, depression, or a transition from the criminal justice system, the Dayton VA Healthcare Center can contact one of our social workers at 937-268-6511. So, it's the post-holiday season. Winter is now set in, and many of us find that we have gained a few extra pounds from all the holiday feasting, with little opportunity to get outside and work it off. Have you made that New Year's resolution? You know which one I'm talking about. The one many of us have made knowing there's no way we are going to keep it, primarily because there's no one to turn to that can help. Well, who can you turn to? The Dayton VA Medical Center. That's who. They offer easy-to-follow weight management plans backed by the latest science. Their experts can help you reduce 
reduce health risks, prevent or reverse some diseases, and live a better and even longer life. MOVE is a weight management program designed to help you live a longer, healthier life. With the help from our MOVE care team, you can eat a healthier diet, get more exercise, reduce your health risks, and improve your quality of life. The MOVE program offers weight loss support groups to help you lose weight and keep it off, healthy eating tips and cooking classes, behavioral change strategies to help you live a healthier lifestyle. Do you think you can't do it? Do you think it can't be done? Are you someone who must see the evidence? Then check out the stories from others who have been part of the MOVE program. Learn how MOVE helped them by visiting www.move.va.gov move slash success stories. Some success stories are simply amazing. All are motivating and testament to the strength of your fellow veterans. The program is available at Dayton VA Medical Center campus or virtually through their app. Check it out at www.dayton.va.gov or call 937-268-6511 and ask to speak to a MOVE program coordinator today. And we're back with Jerry Farrell. Jerry, tell us real quick, if you could, uh, before you go, just exactly why do you go to the Dayton VA? What what benefit have you found from uh, being a, a patient at the Dayton VA? Well, it was out of necessity to begin with. Like I say, I lost my job. You lose your job, you lose your health coverage. And um, I remember my father in his last years of his life, he was in the Cincinnati uh, uh, VA for healthcare, and uh, those was back in the 70s. But I was thinking it was still the same. And uh, But when I was in need, I went down and I found, I talked to people, and uh, they started helping me. I seen where so much stuff has changed. So many things has changed since the uh, days of the 70s, right after the Vietnam War. And uh, anyway, so it just, it was a different atmosphere. I thought there for a while, well, I'm just in another facility, a medical facility. I didn't see a whole lot of difference in the BA than I did in the uh, civilian world. And so, uh, and we've started out, they get to know you, you get to know them, and you get the right feel for things. And then you can uh, progress on with your, the type of co- uh, procedures that you have to have. And they outsourced me to a specialist, a back specialist, and uh, the VA paid for it themselves and uh, and because I would have never been able to have ever had that back surgery and I to this day don't believe I'd be here today if, it, if I wasn't able to have that that surgery and because I was miserable the year prior to the surgery I was sitting on pain pills at the house and uh, not accomplishing anything in life and it was just a depressing time but after I had the surgery the recuperation period of time my world had changed. My compensation ratings had increased and uh, I could have a quality of life again. And that I encourage every veteran. Don't get so disappointed and feel so dark about something that there is hope out there for a veteran. Well, that's great advice, Jerry. Uh, and uh, it's not uncommon to hear a story similar to uh, to yours. And we appreciate your uh, your taking time to share your story with us today. And um, again, thank you for all the hard work you're doing. And that's going to wrap up this session of My VA Dayton. Thank you for listening. We want to hear from you. Love to hear your story. So if you are a vet or you know of a vet uh, with an interesting story to share, email us at myvadayton at va.gov. So until next time, I'm Scott Lee. I'm Greg Tucker. This is My VA Dayton.